Welcome to the Wired Insights Podcast, where we talk to professionals, creatives, and business owners about their experiences, what they've learned along their journey so far, what inspires them, and why. Why is America so obsessed with weekends? And why do we spend most of our time thinking about 20% of our lives? Today on the podcast, we sit down with a handful of Wired Insights employees and talk to them about working to live versus living to work. One topic that Shailen and I thought would be cool to kind of bring up and talk about with everyone because it's, we feel like it's something that relates to a lot of people regardless of your industry, <laughs> is um, do you work to live or do you live to work? In the sense like, you know, there's a lot of people always talking about how they look forward to the weekend. Oh, it's Friday. Can't wait to go not work, you know. And so it's like, why? To me, it, I think it's an interesting subject to bring up is, you know, A, what do you personally feel? And, like, how do you live your life? And B, um, you know, why does the majority of America spend their time looking forward to the 20% that they spend, you know, in their life versus their 80%, which is work. So, you know, just a topic I thought would be cool to bring up. Sure. So let's open it up, Tim. Well, I think a lot of people, they figure work is just that. It's work. It's drudgery. So it doesn't have to be, but they don't know that. Where, you know, I was never taught that. I was taught go to college, get a good job, make money, get a family, boom. But I was raised by a generation that... You know, to their their credit, all they wanted to do is get their kids in a spot that was safe. Mm. You know, and that was a generation raised by people who went through the Great Depression. So you can imagine how they were pushed to. No, you got to go to college, get a good job, you make your money, get safe, get a family. Because a guy who's got a family now, he's grounded. He won't go around supposedly do crazy things, mm. like Makes start sense. a company or. <laughs> God ah. Those crazy men starting companies. So it's... it's, it's oh, uh, interesting concept. Yeah, I like that take on it. Yeah, and I guess it would change, mm-hmm. like, depending on the generation that you come from. Because, like Tim was saying, like, you just wanted your kids to be safe. But now you're pretty much living in a padded society already. So now, like, we can actually, like, work to, I guess, live to... Live to work. There we go. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah. <laughs> we can do the better side of things. Well, yeah. you can, you can work to live. So your job gives you the money to go do the things that are your life. Yeah. So your your life outside of work takes precedence rather than mm-hmm. with my generation, it was a little bit more like, no, 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 your work life is really your life. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it, that's where the whole, oh, you got to have a work-life balance and these things come from. I think it definitely is a generational thing to... Uh, jump board off that a lot of what I know Tim talks about a lot is between like millennials where they want to find purpose in their work so it definitely falls under a live to work category they actually enjoy what they do Uh, I think a lot of it is also taught by parents of having good work ethic but a difference between being good at your job and then just working at a job so you can pay the bills but I definitely come from a standpoint, I want to enjoy what I do, because like it says, 80% of my life is going to be spent doing it, I better enjoy it. Right. The 20% <laughs> is a time to decompress and enjoy other things outside of work, but there's no no saying that you can't enjoy it just because it's work. Yeah. You know, the, that sort of thing too, it's like the millennial generation, or just younger people say, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, you, <laughs> my generation, Gen Xers, and people a little bit older, like a little bit older Gen Xers, let's say, we grew up in a time of a lot of turmoil. So th- this is the context for the people that probably raised you. So we had the fall of the Berlin Wall, uh, 
<laughs> fall of communism was in 1989. We you know I grew up as the tail end of the Vietnam War. There's unprecedented changes going on. There was no real stability. We had some other things, like my generation was the first one. We had, you know, Atari 2600 or whatever in our houses, right? The first generation got hit with all this technology. I mean, all of a sudden, out of nowhere it came. First generation to have home computers. Uh, first generation to actually get to use the internet. Although for me, it happened actually a little bit after college. So, I mean, I went to college with no internet, but definitely had the technology. We definitely had the communications. We definitely had our computers reached out to bulletin boards and other services like CompuServe and AOL. So we had a rudimentary internet with messaging you know my friends and I sometimes would just go on AOL and find you know chat rooms and go with there and just terrorize the place and then go to another one before we get kicked <laughs> off so you know cyberbullying we we got that originally too we we're yeah thanks pioneers for that. we're pioneers <laughs> in cyberbullying oh, so I know who to point the finger now when Yay, people start Gen talking Xers. about like how bullies move to the Facebook and Instagram <laughs> and down votes and how up, yeah, that, that was all well, about you. about the Gen Xers, right? <laughs> now how it affects you. So I'm giving you the context of how maybe some of you were raised. So we're, you know, we're characterized by having a time of, you know, while I was growing up, just no stability, lots of changes. We're supposed to be good at that. So now for us to protect our kids, we can't say, well, just go to college, get a good job, although we'd love to fall back on that. But instead what you guys got was everybody gets a trophy and helicopter parenting. Oof. So, you Which know, I could do a whole podcast on that. Like Simon Sinek <laughs> says, you guys are victims of bad parenting strategies, some of you. Absolutely. We kind of and like I think, but I think that that was our, oh, we got to keep them safe. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we'll just make sure everything goes right because we don't know what's going to happen. Everything's unstable. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what you get. Yeah, I think that definitely, you know, stems from those prior periods. Uh, back in the day, we've really distanced ourselves. Uh, through the decades basically from those periods of turmoil and you know that coupling with the advancements in technology seriously opens up you know more opportunity and more abundance in the entire world you know and nowadays kids and adults are really coming at it with a whole different perspective you Mm -hmm. know when they realize that there's more freedoms and more abundance in the world that you can really choose what you want to do and choose how you spend your time and so people are really coming to grips with the fact that you should choose to do what you enjoy and and you know have a live a happier life by making your income and sustaining your life through something that makes you feel fulfilled and valued yeah i mean and maybe benjamin you chime in on this like maybe what were you raised with but i think my kids saw me just you know, basically uh, living to work. So, I mean, man, we had the Great Recession back in, what, 08? Mm-hmm. Um, back in the late 80s, we had the, one of the greatest, you know, stock, the stock market tanked, worse okay. than the Great Depression. I mean, or not almost as bad as the uh, Great Depression, I mean. So, I mean, I've seen financial turmoil quite a bit. But my kids being born, what, 95, 97, they saw... Everything that happened in 2008, the recession, me just working my butt off to try and make that back up. And I think, I'm, this is just, I'm positing this or intuiting this. You guys, if your parents went through similar similar things like that, especially if you had like the nice house you grew up in and your parents have to give the house up. Because what happens is with the, the housing market, the stock market, everything else, it, um, you know, that leaves an impression on you. And so I'm kind of getting at did you guys have that experience? Like, did you see your parents do that? I'm thinking that my kids saw, you know, my wife and I just 
killing ourselves to make a buck to try and get things right. And they go, ah, that's not for me. There's got to be a better way. I mean, everybody's experience is different. Well, I think I think that, you know, you busted your butt so hard that they, you know, have the opportunity to not have to be constantly working to provide for themselves. You know, I see it as previous generations were really just, you know, working so that they weren't, you know, poor. And so they did at least have food on the table. And then they get to the point where they're able to afford luxuries and, you know, their income greatly, at least a little bit, exceeds what they have to spend every every single month, every year. And with that extra money, that allows, you know, their children to have more freedoms to go mm -hmm. and explore what they want to do. And, and they have more opportunities, you know, where at least where I come from, I have more freedoms and opportunities to, you know, live and do the things that I want, learn about the things that I want and find what I want to do, you know, with my 80% of my time that I'm working because of the work that my parents put in previously to get themselves to where they could help me to get better opportunities and, you know, better, better jobs and better networking and mm -hmm. people in my life. The thing I saw on my end is my my parents were the like the very definition of nuclear family. You had mom, dad, dad works, mom stays at home, two kids, the oldest son, youngest me, the girl, like and a dog. Like it couldn't get more picturesque than that. With the housing market crash, um, thankfully we never had to sell the house or get rid of anything of that nature. But it did force my mother to pick up a job. Like the whole notion that even without a um, a college education, someone could get a job and support a family of three with having the, the mother stay at home and that kind of thing. So that really uh, sort of destroyed, I think, any last vestige of that being a reality off of an engineering job or working at a car show or, you know, something that you, you used to be able to do that with and now you, you better be making six figures if you're ever going to have that dream again. But it did um, teach the value. Thank goodness my parents are frugal as they come because it taught me really good money and saving habits and what to keep out for in the and probably what maybe sets me apart from some other people my age is I don't have to get the newest thing all the time. The newest iPhone, I've got mine from six years ago still. Like I, If it works, why am I changing it? So I think I grew up with a much different mindset because of what happened that I don't have to have the newest. I don't have to constantly re be replacing everything. So when I, when I see people like, oh, and the new iPhone's out because it's a better camera, I'm like, that's it? It's the only reason you're getting Why? Yours works just fine, doesn't no, it? No, 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 no. I cannot have <laughs> anybody walk around with something newer or better than what I've got. No. That's... <laughs> you know, but I think that, oh, man, I would love to take a, a class on, like, marketing or something, just how people get into people's minds that way. But uh, I don't know. But, that, but that's the main thing I saw is it really just destroyed the last vestiges of what the end goal for someone's success to look mm -hmm. like. Absolutely. Absolutely. That looks different for everybody, you know, and, and sometimes material things are important to some and, and others can get by with just having more time and not having to sacrifice as much of their working hours so that they can go maybe enjoy uh, experiences. Instead. For sure. Yeah, definitely. I think that's part of the frustration that older people have with the millennial generation or younger people is we don't know how to get at you. Because we can't just throw money at you and make you do what we want. We can't just take the old school marketing and, and 
convince you to do what we want. You know, you guys are smarter than that. You're pervious to that old school marketing. And so at this point, it's almost like a bridge. It's like from the point beforehand when it was like at your generation where people were being raised to support their family, their home, their life and stuff with just a job is now becoming different because the ability to be able to create your own business, your small business, like based on what politicians and what the country is trying to make the like the economy based around it seems like it's making it a lot easier now but at this point in time it seems like it's the bridge between that and the program that we're going through here is obviously teaching people that this is a way to be able to understand how to operate within your own system to be able to grow your own lifestyle to be able to pursue it and make it as best as you possibly can from your own self instead of generating it from other places mm -hmm. like a job you know what I mean like you know if you were well I guess I kind of like didn't make as much sense as I would have liked like you know if gener generating it from other places it would have worked better if I would have said like if it came from other businesses and like companies mm -hmm. but if it was like you know if you were working at a job and you were you know going job by job by job in other places through the timeline of your life, it wouldn't work as well, I don't think, as now what you guys are creating and just getting clients and generating revenue based on, like, an area or, like, how many people you know, and then from that, you know, getting more and more, you know, as the resume changes and the, uh, the layout of it, I guess, not based on... Sort of building yourself up and then reliance on yourself rather than, okay, just this company? Is that... Do, am well, I getting you right? Well, you know, whether you're a freelance designer, mm -hmm. whether you're your own company that you've created uh, compared to having job after job after job after job, like, so the clientele would be, you know, that would be your resume as of the past, but it's almost like switched backwards, or it's trying to be, like, you know, with the small business coming into the, the forefront of how people are trying to operate within their own lifestyles. Mm. Okay. Does that make sense? I think I follow you. I think okay. I follow you. You can clarify it a little bit more if you want. Well, I think you got something there. <laughs> yeah, well, I just think that it's really good that people are being able to, like, generate their own ability. Are you, are you talking sort of like the gig economy that we've got now where there's more opportunity to be For an entrepreneur or, or bounce around? Exactly. I mean, you can stay in the same career if you want, but you can... Yeah. Oh, okay, there's more mobility, really. Yeah, and making it your own business, like your own uh, your own operation rather than somebody else's operation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Going through and through and through. No, that's a good point, yeah. That, that's how, you know, the whole face of work is changing, really, too. Yeah, with, like, remote work, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, technology is allowing us to work differently. Right, and you guys, you know, again, I'm going to go your generation, right? I'll say millennials. Some yes. people are Gen Zs, or what? Let's just go young people, right? <laughs> you didn't just punch me, did you? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, don't don't call don't call you a millennial. You're no. um, it's gonna be a punching. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, technology has afforded you guys a lot more opportunity, and you're so fluid with it. You know, it's like no big deal. I can just remote in, do this, do that. And I mean, I, I've got that. I'm spoiled with that a little bit too because everything I've done is technology. I've worked remotely on projects for years. But also, the, um, and, and to your point, Benjamin, like sort of that gig economy and you're more on your own, mm -hmm. for you to be able to pick flexible hours too. And that ties all the way back to that, you know, work to live rather than live to work. You're working, but your hours that you pick 
and it's all for your lifestyle. You want to go to a concert at 3 p.m. Yeah, you kind of tie it all together. It's a technology that really Yeah, you pick your hours. And the thing that's really nice is if you're a contractor, they really can't tell you what hours. They can say, hey, we need you to be at this meeting at this time. But like your day-to-day hours, you pick. Yeah, you'd be working. Hey, we need we need ten hours a day from you. Okay, I'll you'd pick be the working hours. from yeah. eleven o'clock at night to six in the morning if you really wanted. And yeah, if the work gets done, then what are they going to complain about? Right. Yeah, so things are getting more flexible. Um, you know, old sort of the old school mentality is now you go to a brick and mortar place, you're there these exact hours. These are business hours, but really, you know, business everything's going global. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. <laughs> It's daytime somewhere all the time, right. you know? and if you're an international business, you've got to deal with that. I've got a friend that is dealing with companies out of uh, Saudi Arabia and China. You know, he might have to do a call at two, three in the morning. Right. You know, so that that's just the way things are gonna go. Yeah. And I personally like I'm I'm definitely a person that you know wants to be able to um, kind of have my work fit my lifestyle in a sense because. It's just, I think that's better if I'm my 80% of the time is spent on things I'm doing and things I like to do, then why wouldn't I do that? Especially if I'm making money. Like, it's a win-win. And I just, I, 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 I guess I respect the grind that my parents put in and, and really kind of, kind of really nose to the grindstone with, like, you know, you always tell that story of the, the guy who owns the porta potty shop <laughs> where he, he's making millions of dollars or whatever, but he's making quarter potties. It's like, sure, he doesn't enjoy his job, but the money that allows him to do other things outside of it is is just as good. So I see it on both sides. I just think it depends on the person and your job especially, too. Like, yeah. if I was if I was doing construction, I probably wouldn't want to do construction loosey-goosey whenever I wanted. Like, it'd be like, I'd want to do it at eight, eight from 8 to 12 in the morning. You'd want to do it during the summer high. at about 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> when it's nice and cool. Yeah. And be done around noon. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so there are some jobs that, you know, there's definite advantages right. <laughs> to yeah. picking certain times. But as far as like what you call a knowledge worker, which is, yeah, that term's been around for a while, but but it's, it really describes the new type of thing. You guys are all knowledge workers. Mm. You know, if you're doing accounting or marketing mm. or design or web development, whatever you guys are doing, that can be done from wherever. It's your knowledge and that skill to put it together. And that, I mean, the ability to work from wherever you want to be able to work from at whatever whatever hours you want, that's that's a little bit better to me. And that's more of a new, you know, work and life balance. Yeah. yeah. And, and so much of it really comes down, you know, to the te- technologies that have come up in recent years because now we can do so much online. We have so many resources and we can provide just so much value online through, I mean, graphic design and marketing and all these effective ways of growing and, you know, operating a business are now online and that, you know, online's 24-7. You can do whatever task online at any single time. It's always going. I wonder, like the work from home, what if that's going to, I'm sure it's the new end goal for a lot of things, but I guess the nice thing I think about is if it's, I'm at home, if I want lunch, cool, my kitchen's right there. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like, there's just, there's so much more comfort there. You have all of your resources. But you can fall into that as a that's trap, too. Oh, sure. Oh, I know that that's, like, the flip side, but I would love to work from home because, I mean, it's, especially it's so much nicer that if you're working from home, if you have young children, you can take a minute to go address their needs or whatever, especially if they're younger or if you have pets, you don't have to worry about leaving them outside all day or finding some place to take care of them. I don't know, just 
It's a nice end goal, but I did definitely see the, the downside of you get distracted by everything in your home because it's too comfortable. You're like, oh, I can get started whenever, and yeah. then you see it. You slept in until 12, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> so there's definitely, like, the like the rat race, even though I don't think that's, that's not a very nice way to say it. But, like, going, like, our building here, we come here because we're ready to work, and it, right. I think it puts us in the right mood. Not to say that sure. this place can't be more relaxed and comfortable, but you're like, I'm here to work. Sure, I totally agree with that. I mean... When I'm at, I ha I literally bought my apartment with an extra bedroom because I wanted a home office, and I don't, I, I don't even go in there because it's like I don't feel like working when I'm home because I'm. You, you need a sanctuary. <laughs> and no, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't want to go in there because um, it was just. It's like when I get home from work, you know, I'm I'm totally out of that mindset, like you're saying. And when I come here, I'm like, okay, that's my sole mission. Like that's all I'm focused on. I don't care about. If I, you know, if my whatever family members, I mean, obviously if it's an emergency, that's different, but, yeah. like, you know, family events happening or whatever, that I don't think about that until it's time for that. You know, I kind of, I try to, in a sense, keep that set. Like, I, although I like to have a balance with my lifestyle and my work, I still like to keep the thought processes kind of separate. Cause so it works for you to be able to compartmentalize it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like that, too. I, yeah. I've worked from home, and it was day one. Man, I'm productive. Day two. Pretty productive, but haven't shaved. Day three, <laughs> might not even put on clothes. <laughs> not very productive. Wonder what's on TV. I just need a break. Yeah. You know, I can work whenever I want. I'll just watch this movie now. All right. Oh, this is interesting on YouTube. Yeah. And then it was like, go back to the office. Yeah. But it, it's nice to be able to switch yeah. back and forth, too, and just sort of... Yeah, just the freedom of that. May or may not have done a Skype happy. interview where the top half is pristine and the bottom half is like pajama bottom. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I've got a friend who's an accident attorney. And when you go to his office, he's in a nice suit. But if he stands up, he's in sweatpants. That's so funny. <laughs> That's because it's his office and he can do what he wants. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if I did my own office, I would be <laughs> wearing sweatpants at school. That's, that seems to be one of the biggest, you know, issues. And when you have this much freedom to, you know, do what you like, when you like, you know, you just have to be diligent about staying on top of your tasks and using your time wisely to accomplish what you want to accomplish mm -hmm. because while you have the resources and abilities to do so much from literally just your computer at home that doesn't mean that you're going to put in the time and you know actually do it and not waste your time that seems to be one of the bigger issues is our capabilities we can achieve so much more in such a faster amount of time yet people choose not to do it. Well, there's so many more distractions now exactly. thanks to technology. It's uh, Everything well, is accessible. That's one of the things I think they bash millennials about. Um, they might call it multitasking. There, there's some pretty good studies out there. We're not, as, as animals, very good at multitasking. It's just not something we do. But millennials are seen to be able to multitask a lot more. Gen Xers are, are seen to be able to multitask. It's sort, it's sort of a new thing, but I think it's, it's pretty distracting. I mean, you try to do something really intricate and then do something else at the same time. Yeah, you're going to find out how good of a multitasker you're not. What is, I can't think of the name of the study, but they did one where um, millennials actually had um, shorter attention spans and generations for them, like yeah. across the board with like a, a disturbingly high well, rate. Yeah, just because it's we like, get, we read some like that. It's it actually like about a, half of what it was for the prior yeah, generation. It's and these kids now, the younger kids, we're talking like middle school. It's even even shorter because they were trying to they did like one test where it was like reading something on the tablet versus reading on a book they couldn't read on paper mm. it wasn't because the 
I guess with the computer, you know, lights, you're constantly reading, yeah. it's flipping. It was more interactive, yeah. but if it was just reading from one page to another, like, I'm bored. But it was the exact same story they're reading, but they preferred the tablet because they're like scrolling, they can highlight it. Yeah, there's more to do. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So many cat fail videos, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was Facebook, the girl from Facebook who was speaking, but at Collision, there was a presentation that said. That's right. That's where like, we saw it. Our attention is literally. Less than the, the attention span of a goldfish now. Like, it's yeah. that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's like, fair. It's like theirs is like thirty seconds, and ours is like one and a half or something wow. like that. That's like insane. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. I'm think, not sure on those numbers. I think it's the multitasking. You bing, you respond to something. We're just in this response. Yeah, mode. yeah. you know, you so hear you a text, was, you respond. What have I got up all the time? I got Slack. Skype, and then of course the text messages. I got an app on my computer that does those too. Mm -hmm. So there's three distractions right there. Oh, don't forget email. There's a fourth one. Facebook. And oh yeah. yeah, well Facebook, I got all that stuff turned off. But yeah. But I mean, that was part of the little media diet that I tried. Right. And I, I still people, stick to it for the most part. Most people don't turn them off. I mean, most people are happy. Yeah, that's what our next one's got to be about: yeah. is the low media diet and yeah. some of these habits in the morning to yeah so. make it a little more productive and not go quite as insane. I sometimes get. I have music in the background. I don't know if that really counts, but sometimes on YouTube, I'm like, hey, what's that video? And then I'm like, no, no, you're working. Yeah, music can be pretty helpful. There's I really prefer music. Oh, I do too. But as long I as get, it's not. When I start to get frustrated or tired, that music is just, shut up. I got to turn mm -hmm. that off. I just, I need to focus even more. Yeah. So. I have a specific playlist. It's uh, like the piano guys. And it's whatever songs I found of theirs that don't have lyrics to them. Mm -hmm. And that's what helps me concentrate. It's good it's background music. music. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I have to yeah. listen to music with no words. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Because like, otherwise I'm singing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. And that's not. I fluctuate <laughs> back and forth. See, I'm the opposite. I can't do classical music without the lyrics because I listen to like Stravinsky where there's the big booming drum. Oh, I thought you were a big dubstepper. <laughs> no, I'm punching you after this, by the way. No, I'll be listening to like, um, I can't pronounce his name, but he does like the. Yanni. No, good try. No, he does like John New Tesh. World Symphony. He's the same com composer for uh, the Overture of eighteen twelve, where there's cannons going off. Like oh, that's John my classical music. Like that's not good study music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on the situation, but it, you know, definitely you can find classical music as appealing as other things. But you know, there are other times for those types of music too, like dubs that go to concert or you know, mm -hmm. rock gets music the blood pumping. Yeah, exactly. Party time. You know, that's the kind of thing of you might think of. Depending on your like mindset, though, some people can focus on it, which is crazy. Yeah, that's true. Everyone has it. If you had guessed Johan, you probably would have been right, because there's a lot of composers out there named Johan. <laughs> 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 would have been right. All right, yeah. it's cool. I think. Um, go ahead. There was a quote that I heard uh, a long time ago. It was, "You either work to make someone else's dreams come true." <coughs> Mm -hmm. Or you work to make your own dreams come true. I don't know who said it, but That's a good that quote. really helped me to focus on what I actually wanted to do. Because I was one of the people that jumped from job to job. I probably have way too many jobs on my resume. But I got my feet wet in all of these positions, and I hated them. Everything but nannying was such a drag. <laughs> it was the worst. It was customer service. Where did you work? Like food shops? Um, yeah, I worked at Red Robin. I did um, continental breakfast for a little while. I did nannying for about a year, and I ended up going to Norway um, and being a nanny for a little while. It was great, but it was never something that I wanted to stick to and that I could see myself doing for the next 40 years. 
Yeah, so for sure. I ended up with our the um, TMCC book, and I just looked through it until I found something that I might want to do for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. And that that was kind of the turning point for me was to like go and get an education, and to actually like do something with myself that I that I loved. Yeah. And I finally found it, and that was it was such a relief to me because I was never one to work for the sake of working. I don't like working a whole lot, but now I do. <laughs> so because it's not work to you. Yeah, it's fun. It's design. It's awesome. I'm so. like on building off on the flip side. I was lucky enough that I knew what I wanted to do when I was young, but I didn't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. So there's that whole mindset of you know working to build someone else's dream or your dream is a really it, that helped me be like okay if I want to be a graphic designer what do I need to do what do I need to learn what programs do I need to you know what type of internships am I looking for it, it definitely helps you focus yeah. to get to the goal mm-hmm. which is live to work so you love your work right yep. but I think that's or actually it's work to live I, I get them confused too. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you live to work, your whole life is just about working to make money to go back to do the things that keep you going to to go back to the job. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's, maybe you could change. how I see it. Cause you could change the definition. I think Shelly and I almost would probably fall under the live to work because our work to us isn't something that's grinding. They or, both or sound or horrible. <laughs> yeah, I want a they healthy really balance. Do. Can we have you, a healthy balance, please? We need yeah, to sustain your lifestyle, whereas you live your life to sustain, you know, your working career. Yeah. Basically, right. you know, it's a... Uh, Neither one sounds that sustainable. <laughs> yeah, people yeah. are working to make their own gardens, grow their own food. I mean, just next door, that school, they teach that. They're trying to tell mm-hmm. people, like, okay, this is a way of life. You can go and make your own garden. You can have your own food and not have to go to the grocery store all the time. Like, you know, I mean, it kind of going off topic a little bit from the very beginning of the podcast, but, you know, still, there's, there's like, a lot of different ways to be able to make your life as sustained as possible, like, whether your work be through gardening or, you know, something like that. Yeah, that could be something you just love doing, too. I mean, it's, you know, I think that's why they teach it. They want the kids to be exposed to just, uh, here's, you know, how how to take care of a garden, for one. It's just they actually eat the food that they grow out of that, too. That's That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing.